Hi, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Embrace the Madness. This is your host, Madeline. I'm super excited to be going into the fifth week of this podcast. Thanks again for all of y'all tuning in every week to listen to what I have to say and share. And yes, so last week we talked about assessing where you are in your life, kind of having that reality check with yourself. Am I where I want to be? What are the steps I can take to getting there? Kind of just being honest and authentic with yourself so that you can continue to live and speak your truth and be happy and stuff. So this week, we're going to talk about the ego. And I already know that I think mine is trying to prevent me from doing this episode because I've waited so long to record, but that's his job. He just doesn't want to be found out and it's okay and it's going to happen anyway. So this week we're going to talk about what it is, why it has this huge control over our life, where it comes into the realm of feeling incomplete versus whole and kind of understanding the ego and where it's coming from will give us a better, clearer path to live wholeheartedly so that we can know the truth and not be held back by false beliefs and stuff like that. So let's do it. When people hear the word ego, they just think of like, oh, that guy's got a big ego or She's full of herself or just, you know, rooty tooty, yummy fruity. (laughs) And so if you actually look at the Latin, the word means I. So it's just kind of this way to identify ourself. When you look at psychology's definition, Sigmund Freud did a lot of psychoanalytic theory on this and found that there's actually three subparts of our entire psyche, and one of which is the id, the superego, and the ego. And so the id is kind of like how we talked about the fact that we are innately animals, and the id is like that primitive, instinctual uh, brain patterns, whatever. And the superego is kind of our higher self, kind of that more conscious meta, meta self. And so the ego is just in between and it mediates this human experience so that we're not just animals and we're also not just this complete spiritual being. I think people actually might over-identify themselves with their ego and it's not like who we are, it's who we think we are. And that's something that you have to be super careful because if you over-identify with something, then you can also get lost in that. And we might touch on that in a little bit. My perspective, kind of just integrating all this information and what people have researched on the ego I just think it's like an evolutionary part of our being a human and it helps us be able to perceive our environment and also helps protect us from our environment. And since we're not just animals anymore, we think and feel and love and hate and all these things, I feel like there's some like 
meta survival happening. Your fight or flight goes berserk when someone offends you or something like that. Even though there's no immediate danger, our body still senses something, something's going to happen, you're about to die. And we'll get into that a little bit uh, in a bit. But it just seems like there's this weird, weird thing that's evolved in terms of wanting to keep us safe. And it almost seems like an imbalance because our ego is looking out so much for our survival that it starts getting delusional. And it's like, oh my God, I have to take care of myself. I have to make sure I'm okay. I like screw this other person. Who cares about them? Like they're in my way. I I just have to make sure that I eat and survive and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, like calm down. It's going to be fine. This person has nothing to do with your survival right now. And so it sucks because I feel like we lose compassion for others and that's a little extreme. So my kind of theory and understanding of ego is, so remember how we were talking about when we were first born and we were just coming from this wholeness and just feeling so good and so whole and so complete. And well, when we're small, we don't really have this idea of separation from our parents. Like we just came out of our mom's womb. We are probably breastfeeding and we're just always with our mom or dad. We're just always there, always in their arms. And so we just we just feel like they're a part of us, kind of. Well, when we grow up, we have to get separated a little bit more and we're kind of on our own. And so here stems this idea of separation and individuality. And as we get older and go into society, this separation becomes like, bam, like, this is you, this is me, this is black, this is white, there's no gray, you're unique, you're separate, you're not like anyone else. And so we begin to see the world in this dichotomy. And so we kind of listen to what everybody else says about us and them and I think it gets a little lost. I think it's good that we can distinguish um, our separation from our environment because, I mean, who's to say, like, I don't know, you wouldn't, like, melt into something with something or... Like, I was talking about needing, like, the defense strategy. It's good to know, hey, this isn't a part of me. This could be a threat, uh, etc. So I do get that it helps us through our life and we need it. I think that we just have to be super, super, super careful that we don't just let go of control and give it this power so that it can like psych us out and just we just get lost. So I'm sure some of you have heard of this awesome spiritual teacher at Cartole. He has written The Power of Now and A New Earth. Both books are super awesome. I recommend that you read them. Well, he says that the ego drives our need to be special and superior or in some way set apart from others. And while in the grip of our ego, we'll even use other people to get what we want. And so that kind of goes back to what I was saying about how the ego its main role is to protect us by reminding 
us of our separation from the things around us and just say, hey, this is me. This is what I need to protect, stuff like that. And so he's saying that basically our ego is creating such a separation that it's saying, well, you're superior than the others or you're special. And it's even saying that our ego will manipulate other people in order to like cultivate this idea within ourselves. So here's another quote by him that I really like. It's a little bit long. An ego that wants something from another and what ego doesn't will usually play some kind of role to get its needs met, be they material gain, a sense of power, superiority, or specialness, or some kind of gratification, be it physical or psychological. Usually people are completely unaware of the roles they play. They are those roles. Some roles are subtle. Others are blatantly obvious, except to the person playing it. Some roles are designed simply to get attention from others. The ego thrives on others' attention, such as recognition, praise, admiration, or just to be noticed in some way, to have its existence acknowledged. And that's the whole the whole premise of what that quote just said, to have its existence knowledge, to be validated. Yeah, I don't even know how to say it in better words. Because going back to what survival means for us, well, we as humans are living on this earth separate from whatever that bigger, higher power is that we were talking about a couple episodes ago. We are, our whole goal is how can we get back to that? How can we get back to feeling complete and whole? And so the ego in an attempt to get us to that, it's a little, it's got a little rose-colored glasses. Well, it thinks that, okay, getting validated by someone is going to meet that criteria. It's going to get us to feeling whole again. Well, I'm sure everybody knows validation is very fleeting. It, it lasts like 30 seconds. It's not going to get you through the day and it's not going to help you sleep at night. You're still going to wake up the next day and wonder if someone else is going to validate you. So the ego's kind of, this is like, no, 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 you're, you're being illogical. You're, this isn't going to fill your needs. And so I think managing that part of us is so important because We'll just be chasing for validation our whole life. And that's something that I've had to come to terms with. Is And it's something that I still do. And I don't think I'm the only person either because it's just part of being a human. I love attention and I love getting validated by people. And I love when people can see the hard work that I do and they're like, oh yeah, that's awesome. You're awesome, Madeline. You're awesome. Well, give it a couple hours and all that kind of just goes out the window. And then, and then the ego comes creeping in and it's like, how, what can we do next? What can we do more to get more validation, more validation? I'm hungry more and more. And then you're just like, okay, hold on. There's actually no validation that we need when we remember that we're already whole anyways, and that there's nothing 
that's going to fulfill me better than just knowing that I am still coming from this place of wholeness and that nothing that I do is going to take that away from me. And it takes a bit to kind of get on that side of the battle with their ego. It's taken me a very, very, very long time. But now it's a lot easier to manage and just remind myself, hey, this is what's up. This is how you're acting. And it's no bueno. So here's some of the uh, other ways that your ego creeps in, according to Tole. Complaining, bitterness, and resentment. Yeah, I would agree with that. People pleasing or demanding, needing respect. Ding, ding, ding. That's something that I am super guilty of, uh, the people pleasing part. Materialism, accumulation, and greed. That kind of just goes without saying. I mean, no amount of money or stuff is ever going to fill the void ever. Competition, a need to dominate others, dissatisfaction with what we have, vanity or self-hatred, judgments and opinions, superiority and prejudice, defensiveness, feeling attacked, inability to take criticism or being overly critical of others. That's something that I'm really guilty of too. Desiring hierarchy over egalitarianism, dualistic black and white thinking. So each of these behaviors stems from our ego trying to satisfy the need for attention and desire for fulfillment. And kind of going back to what I was saying is one of the characteristics of the ego is it's never satisfied. It's never going to be. That's not that's not in its future. That's not in the happy ever after. That's not going to happen. The ego is this idea. It's not, it's not like, oh yeah, the meter's full. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so it's so important to remember that and remember what your intentions are behind your behaviors. Because if you're just following instructions from the ego, okay, well, do you know that you're not going to go anywhere by doing that? Nothing's going to happen out of benefit for you if you are a slave to the ego. And another thing about the ego is it loves certainty. It loves being in control. It loves feeling special. It loves attention. It loves being right. And it loves having something to look forward to. What does it hate? Now, the present moment right here. And we're definitely going to get into that in a little bit. But I'm sure a lot of you can relate to the certainty aspect. I I'm so frustrated when I don't know something, when I don't know what's going to happen, when I don't know whether something is or isn't. And I think a lot of that comes from fear. It's scary not knowing something. It's scary not knowing what is. It's scary not being in control. And I think that the ego will feed off that fear and it just keeps going and going and going and Oh, surely there's some way that, that we can know. We, of course, we'll be certain. We'll be certain soon. Well, I don't think that's ever going to happen. And so it's important to remind your ego of that. Like, calm down. Calm down, self. So after learning all this about the ego and kind of like, well, dang, it seems like it's working against me. 
I don't think that's necessarily the case. It might seem like it if it seems like it's uh, kind of a loose canon, but going back to the evolutionary purpose of it, it's just trying to protect us. The ego is only doing what it thinks needs to be done in order to find that wholeness. The ego just wants to help out. He just his tools are just not adequate for the job. And so I don't think it's anything to get mad at or hateful towards. I think it's something to remember when we are dealing with it. And I don't think that it needs to be something to fight with because I think that that's going to make it harder and worse. What I've kind of gathered is the ego's purpose is, I think, to test us. And I think it's to kind of remind us of these triggers and give us these little quizzes to keep us intentional, keep us present, refine our abilities, our perspective, and our way of being. And I think that in a weird way, The ego is there to help you step up to a higher frequency and a finer platform to become who you came here to be. And so I think that we kind of have to befriend the ego and say, look, I think that we are looking for the same goals and I think we can help each other. And I think that it's important that we keep each other in check, yes, but you can't have the reins the whole time because you don't even know where we're going and you're not even that good at driving a horse. So I think that the ego is good. I think that the ego is necessary. I think it's an important mediator. I think it's we need it to kind of keep us in check because if you think about it, we're just we're just little fragments of the spirit living in this human world. And it gets a little weird and boring. So I think it would be a little hard to not have our ego. I, I just can't even imagine a life without it. And I think that's also important to remember too, is like you can't just kill your ego completely. Because then you won't really have like a sense of self and like I get that Buddhism teaches there's no self and stuff like that. But I think in this human existence, we kind of need that self to just go about life. And also we have to identify at some point with ourselves because we have to go to work and we have to pay our taxes. So for right now... We're just going to keep keep it, keep things the way they are. We were talking about the ego's job as wanting to find that wholeness again that we all came from and just take us back. Because being separate is, oh, it's scary and it's weird and it feels like you'd feel alone. And that wholeness is just warm and loving and just awesome and so... That's what we're, we're trying to go back to that. And I was talking about how our ego is looking for 
that connection and that validation, but the egos, just the glasses that the egos wearing is not, they're not good. The prescription's old. It just doesn't, it just doesn't know how to look for the right things. And so we can see this manifesting in our lives through drugs, food, sex, finding relationships that we think are going to satisfy us. And the thing is, we have to realize that these are all things that will not ever make us whole and complete. And these these things are just helping get our dopamine under control. And there's no there's no solution where those are the answer. And you're always just going to be filling the void and filling the void and filling the void until you kind of have this assessment with yourself and understand what's happening, what the ego's doing. And I think that that's, that allows us to build some compassion. And in that sense, we don't feel like we have to use all those things to make us feel good and validate us. And kind of going back to when I mentioned, are you doing things out of fear and love? Well, I think that the ego's main driving force is fear. And it's constantly, constantly wondering, are we going to find this wholeness? Is this going to give me wholeness? Is this going to validate me? Am I ever going to find it? Am I going to be alone and separate forever? Blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, okay, that sounds like really intense and sounds like a lot of anxiety. And then you are like, you realize you're doing all these things out of fear. And that is, I don't think fear is ever the solution because that's what builds hate and that's what builds judgment. And that's what builds this horrible, horrible society where we don't love each other and where we are disrespectful to each other and how we are lacking compassion for people who are literally here doing the same thing we are. And so we have to have hold space for our ego and trust that we are already whole. We have come from this place of wholeness and completeness and there's nothing to worry about. Right now we have to be separate, but one day we'll go back to that and that will allow us to take action based on love and faith and trust rather than fear and worry and am I ever going to be whole again? So like I was saying with needing to kind of change that relationship with our ego, I think that there's several ways that we can work with it. And I think that those are ways that we must adopt. Otherwise, we're going to let it take control of our lives and we're going to be trying to fill the void through means that are never going to work. We're just going to be wasting our time and all that good stuff. And I think that managing and reestablishing this relationship with the ego will totally help you learn to live a conscious life because a lot of us don't see that relationship. We don't see that we are above our ego and our desires. And we actually have the ability and the capacity to be conscious and can make decisions and control 
at least some things in our life. And so I think that's where a lot of the unintentional living comes from is just not having that awareness of, okay, there's this part of me who's just trying to help me out, but it's just doing so in a weird way. And so I just need to kind of help hold its hand, help kind of just get on the right path. And so I think by learning to work with our ego will help us stay conscious on our path and we'll be able to do things with a clear mind and we won't have to worry about wasting our time kind of filling that void when we can just remember there's no void anyways. Which it's also hard to remember when we're so kind of far away from that wholeness. But it's just... Our lives are just the way they are, and that's what we have to accept. And it sucks sometimes, (laughs) but it's just important to remember because it's so true. So back to ways that we can work with our ego instead of against. I think there's a couple things. I think gratitude's one of them, compassion and also the present moment. I was talking about earlier, the ego hates the present moment. Yeah, we'll get into that. So first, gratitude. Uh, You know how our ego is always looking for validation and wholeness. Well, it always feels like it needs more and more and more because the things that it chooses to complete us don't actually do the job. So we're always feeling like we need more and more and more and more. Well, when we can realize actually our abundance of love and things that we have in this human life, I think it'll shift the narrative and shift the perspective. And when we can be grateful for the things that we have, we don't feel like we're coming from this place of lack. We have what we need. We have the air to breathe. A lot of us are very, very grateful to have shelter and to have food and to have those necessities that keep us alive And not have to worry about where we're going to get our next meal and where we're going to sleep tonight. And I think especially, especially staying grateful for those things is very important. And I think too, we need to be grateful for the fact that the ego is just trying to protect us. It's that's, that's its evolutionary purpose is just to keep us safe and just to differentiate us from our environment and to uh, and I think that the execution's a little wonky but its intention is good and so being grateful for it will help us reestablish that perspective reestablish that narrative another thing I think is a good way to work with the ego is to have compassion and this uh, state of loving kindness for others. And instead of feeling superior or better or smarter or anything like that, remember that we're all humans and we're all on this similar journey and no one really knows what's going on. So, I mean, how does that make you better or smarter than another person? It doesn't. So holding compassion for others and where they are in their journey, I think will help us to keep our egos in check. 
and just remember that nobody knows the answers and therefore we can't even hold this space of judgment because it's not even valid. Finally, the present moment. Everybody loves this one. (laughs) So the past and the future don't actually exist. They are just these illusions. The ego loves the past and the future. The past because it loves to dwell on what happened and weird shit and the future because it loves to worry. But if we can stay mindful and stay in the present moment, we can actually be conscious of where our thoughts are going and trace our train of thought to make sure that it's healthy and it reflects the truth. And that's a little scary for the ego. So I think it's just a way to take control and remember what's actually at stake and remember what's actually the truth so that we can not let the ego take control, fall ignorant to its little tricks again. That was just a little spiel um, on the present moment, but that's actually what we're going to talk about next week. And we'll get into what does it mean when we say the present moment? What is this idea of mindfulness? And we'll also get into uh, how the past and the future are just kind of illusions of the mind. Really, nothing exists except the now, like the right now, like the now that keeps going and going as I talk. (laughs) And then also, kind of where do you find your attention is going when you kind of leave it on your own? And I think that's a huge key in living consciously is being able to be aware of where your attention is at any given uh, point in time. So I hope that was an interesting episode. And I think that our relationship with our ego is always kind of this ongoing thing because it's just, it's not a part of us and it's a part of us. And it's just like something that we have to come to terms with. And also learn to navigate because it's not really going anywhere uh, during our whole experience. So I think the better that we can become friends with it, the better outcome we'll have. So yeah. Also, I have been doing my Instagram page, Embrace the Madness Podcast at, sorry, that's my handle, at Embrace the Madness Podcast. So if you want to follow me on social media, that's a thing. I'm trying to get a Twitter I think established, except I'm figuring out how to get my handle up 15 characters or less because Twitter hates letters. And yeah, if you feel so inclined to leave a review on iTunes, I would love to hear from you. I would love to get your feedback. And I just want to say thanks so much for sticking around going into the second month of this podcast. I am so thankful and so happy And we will see you next week. This is Madeline with Embrace the Madness. Bye. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Embrace the Madness. Don't forget to subscribe so you can learn to live your best life.